3: like it's 19
1: Hello and welcome to podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999, slamming our head through a cupboard here in 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phyllis Gove. And with us today is Elijah Wood, big fucking deal. (laughs) Uh, It's a big deal. (laughs) Uh, We did it. That's exciting for us. Elijah, thank you so much for joining this podcast and talking about this movie uh, that it, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but this is, this is our second to last film we're doing for the entire year. Um, we, we are doing Magnolia last and, uh, Magnolia and, and Magnolia. I don't want to give away exactly what the premise is, but it's not a, a typical episode. Nope. It's not. So you are, in fact, our last solo guest uh, for this year on this podcast, and could
3: that be technically the penultimate? Am I the penultimate episode? You're the, well, we we penul- have recorded that
0: one already. So you are the you, last episode.
1: You are actually the last episode oh. that that. I mean, I don't want to Well, I don't want to talk too much about that, but the 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 point is, yes. Wow, what a get! We're <laughs> we're 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 climaxing right now. We've never been. We've never been hotter. And I'm yes. leaving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I it now. Well, the getting's good. I will say this though. Uh, you know, when I reached out to, so you are currently shooting uh, the second season yes. of Yellow Jackets with a uh, friend yeah, of the right. pod, That's, yes, okay, uh, at Ashley Lyle, and uh, I reached out to her because you are, you know, one of the preeminent voices on independent horror and and sort of horror oh, movies, nice. and it, it it is it felt like you were the right guy to talk to about this film, not just filmmaking. But, you know, I'm curious to sort of hear your thoughts on on horror, how this film affected you, if you saw it in 99. I don't know if you did or not. But, you know, how what is your history with this movie? Well,
3: thank you for all of that. Um I did... I, I saw it when it was released, so I think I did see it in 99. I must have, unless I... Because in ninety nine, uh, when was it released? What month was it released? Well, so
0: it it was at Sundance, and then it got released in November. So I don't know okay, where so you I, were in the world I in ninety nine.
3: But probably saw it in two thousand when it mm-hmm. went to when when it went to home video. Sure, because I was in New Zealand. We started shooting Rings yeah. wow. October of ninety nine, wow. and it wouldn't wow. have been released in cinemas there, so I wouldn't have seen it in a cinema. It definitely would have been home video. Um. But you know I, that movie was a, a was sort of a sensation when it came out. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't as if one had to go to a you know your local video store and be recommended that movie uh, because it was uh, you know a, an underground movie. Uh, so yeah, I remember I definitely remember seeing it. It probably would have been there. Um, and it's it's sort of my favorite kind of documentary. It, um. The 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 sort of the the great American, you know, the 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 incredible characters of this country and the sort of, in some ways, not mundane pursuits, but their own pursuits that are super important to them, that are so endearing and incredible. And bigger than the world from which they came, if that's the best way to encapsulate it. And and I, I love those kinds of stories, and this is one of them. And it, you know, those sort of those sort of documentaries are also just filled with extraordinary human beings that you you know. It's the crazy. It's the the truth is stranger than fiction thing where you can't really write characters that good. <laughs> um, and this is a perfect example of that. Of you know, in addition to. The, the A story being this this guy, Mark's pursuit to make this movie, mm-hmm. all of the characters that support him in this journey are extraordinary in their own right, and you would watch a movie about them. I mean, Mike Shank, yeah. you, you know, Mike Shank was a legend when that movie came out. I remember walking out of that movie, or, or finishing the film, rather, and just thinking, fuck, man, that guy is the best. And his cell phone number, or, or his home phone number, was on the end credits of the movie, and I, I'm pretty certain I called him, and he answered, and he and he, and he said hello, and I don't know that we talked about much of anything. It wasn't long, but That's I think my brother and I called him, and I I was lucky enough to actually meet both Mike and Mark because they were they were sort of beloved figures in pop culture when the movie came out. Yeah, in a really kind of respectful way, I found actually, you know, sometimes these the characters present in, in these kinds of documentaries can be the subject of jokes and be made fun of, but I felt like they were really embraced in a kind of beautiful way. And, you know, um, Letterman was a huge fan and had them on multiple, him on multiple times. Anyway, I, I was, I was lucky enough to actually meet both of them in one of those scenarios, which was really special, but, you know, again, it's that kind of film Another example of this sort of movie is like um, Hands in the Hard Body. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, the, It's yeah. just these sort of, you know, the these films that just explore this kind of tiny microcosm, but the richness of that microcosm. And mm-hmm. anyway, this well, is... No,
0: I I, I agree. Sure. And I feel like just to sort of piggyback on what you're saying about the making fun of characters like this, because there are yeah. a lot of documentaries that will go down that road, right? Because... Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I'm not necessarily being judgmental of that, but I do think this film threads such a specific vibe of uh, it's a love letter to these people. It's a love letter to Mark's passion, um, but it's also a deeply sad movie, too. Like there is this you feel the sheer tonnage of what he hopes to what he aspires to, um, and whether that is attainable or not. Um, you know, the, the, the reach, uh, you know, being, um, past his grasp is, is something that is really kind of heartbreaking to watch. Um, and and I think that balance is one of the reasons why I think this movie is so special, because I really do think it's very human. Everyone yeah. in this movie is incredibly human, even if they seem larger than life at times. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a really powerful movie about, you know, something that the three of us anyway uh, hope to do, which is to make movies and make television yeah. and do those things. Yeah. And how lucky we are to get to do that. Yes. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, it, it's really powerful.
3: It's also a real testament to each of the individuals that lent their time and their efforts in pursuit of his dream. Yeah. You know, some of them share that dream, but most of them are just in support of his dream yep. Yeah, and they give and they give and they give, uh, including uncle Bill, who, you know, uh, is such an incredible character and human being and, you know, Tired and exhausted and just can't be fucking bothered and like doesn't want you know wants to hold on to every last penny before he dies, and yeah. it sort of feels like he's on his last a
1: lot thing, of money, yeah yeah a lot of money yes, he did, and it was always kind of I remember being kind of t- like shocked when I heard two hundred and eighty thousand yeah a yeah. lot <laughs> yeah. you know it's to, we'll it, live in a hotel a lot of money, considering and I don't say
0: this with judgment, but like considering the life he's living, yeah. right? Like yeah. Y- yeah. You, you could have used
1: some of that money bill to make your it's, life
3: a little bit especially better. At This particular juncture, you might as yes. well.
0: That's <laughs> what I'm saying.
1: Go, go live it up at the Ritz for a couple of years. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, you can't take it with you, but uh, I, I, I mean, think, all right. Yeah. Go oh, so I, I'm crazy about this film. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's one of the best films we've done. I think it's the one of the best films ever made. Um, I think it's one of the best ones about filmmaking, uh, ever made. And I will say, yeah. uh, I think I thought I used to watch this movie a lot in college. Um, and, uh, I think I thought that, that the movie was making fun of these guys, um, back then. Yeah. And that was probably more a reflection of me and where I was and the who production. I was watching it with.
3: And Yeah. The context and, for which you're watching it, probably right. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, yeah. a, a nineteen, twenty-year-old kid in a college dorm room late at night. Um, because it is funny. You know, there. Oh, very and funny. Yeah, it is funny, and there are some. You know, there are there are there certainly are some. You know, edits that are meant to um elevate the the humor of Mike sure. or Mark and make them look a little buffoonish here and there. But watching this uh this watch, and I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time. Same. i didn't really laugh once even though it is humorous mm-hmm. but i wasn't laughing um i was a little stressed out i was excited
0: yeah. yeah
1: i was i was really surprised how good mark is i don't think i ever like
0: yeah thought have that you was seen part coven? of the has anyone seen coven i've not curiosity? seen it because it looks legitimately great i i mean i want to watch it I, I don't know if it, it.
3: looks well, great. I just give, mean I'll like it looks- this. the guy has an eye for framing. That's shot. what I'm saying. I yes. mean, there's no question. You know, when he's when you're seeing bits of of the footage, and then also just watching him try and frame a shot in on a, on location, he knows what he's doing. Those shots yes. are beautiful, like you can't un- unarguably beautiful. <laughs> no, <laughs> I agree.
1: He's. A student of, of, of the game. He really is. And then he's, you know, he's working on film. You didn't have to work on film in the mid nineties. You know, in the mid nineties, if you wanted to shoot, if you want to get something shot, you could shoot on video. You right. Did, so yeah. you didn't have to. He mm-hmm. chose to. He's using the University of w- uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee's, you know, editing bays or whatever. He's bringing his mom and his girlfriend there.
3: Incredible. That's sequ- it's one yeah. of the best
1: scenes. Hit might I think
3: it was where there were two was it two frames or three frames were missing and they yeah, had yeah. to go f- like frame by frame and find where the re splice the frames in is And all of them, it's just extraordinary.
0: And the moment when when Mark turns to Mike and says, I'm going to need your powers of remembering things to tell me where the (laughs) frames
1: are. Their relationship is remarkable. I mean, I just think it reminds, there there are movies that do things like this, scripted films that do things like this. And it always feels uh, a little treacly and a little patronizing when the whole town kind of, drops yeah. what they're doing to help some person who has a very specific dream or a very specific you know whatever i don't want to bring up any whatever movies yeah but um but to see it happen in real life to see his mom drop everything oh. his girlfriend drop anything, everything and his buddies drop everything and mike show up on, on thanksgiving whatever it is and and mike's so honest about what it is He's like look i like drinking vodka no one wanted to drink vodka I mean mike came by drink vodka i like that yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's not the talking about where, the obvious alcoholism that's playing up playing out well, there. That's but a whole other thing. But life is hard.
0: The, the scene when the mom is filming him in the kitchen
1: and it's just the two of them.
0: And he's trying to explain to her how to keep him in the frame. And then she's like, this oh. is really uncomfortable. She's like, I don't know why anybody does this. Like, there's just something so uh, to your point, Kenny. Uh, open-heartedness about what everyone's trying to do to help this guy achieve his dream Mm -hmm. and and that selflessness is one of the reasons and it's not necessarily selfless when we do it because we're professionals and people are getting paid to do it but i love being on set because of that that collective idea of everyone working towards a common goal i think is so literally
3: verbatim all the time it's what i love most about filmmaking and you get you really get that to on a more intimate level with independent cinema, just because, you know, everyone's there because they want to be there. It's not, it's not for the paycheck. Yeah. And that really, you know, that unites everyone under this common goal. And it's the best feeling in the world that everyone is sort of attuned to something that they believe in collectively, not just there to fulfill their, their particular role, so to speak. They're there because they believe in something and are working together in this re- beautiful creative totally. space to make that happen, and I, I, I love that too. And that that is so reflected in this film. Uh, it really is. Uh,
0: yeah, it's a family. It's it's yeah. it is very interesting how um, the, the the camaraderie of it, despite the fact that like no one's getting paid, they're all being yeah. dragged through the mud in the middle of the woods for. By the way. Who Sometimes knows how many times he's done it? Like I think about the scene you referred to at the beginning of the podcast, Kenny, of the guy who gets his head thrown through the cupboard, and he's looking at the storyboard. He's like, "I really, we shot this already. and I was really hoping we wouldn't have to do this again." Like, there's just something just, really, just
1: trudging about it. out to that lake and not getting the right, you know, it's room tone or whatever he wanted well, there. And also,
3: something that's important to note too is 1990s, right? So 95, mm-hmm. 96, 97, when they're when they're working on this. Yeah. There, there is no, there is no digital platform for which these, this film is going to be seen. So there, there's only a physical distribution path, and that the chances of that are so slim. So th- that, that everyone is putting in that effort for something that they're not sure where it's going to live or where it's going to go. Are they all going to see it? I mean, they, they had the beautiful premiere screening and, and that, that glory moment, which is so important for everyone involved, but like. Where is it going to live? There's no real, you know, where's the outlet for this thing?
0: Well, it's, you know, it's funny you bring that up because there's two things. There's two kind of ellipses at the end of the film that don't get resolved. The first mm. being, does he sell enough videotapes to actually make a profit? And my right. assumption is probably not, but who probably
3: knows? Not. He needed to sell 3,000, right? He needed to sell 3,000. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Maybe after this movie came Maybe out. after I this mean, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Re- sure.
0: yeah. And then he gets the $50,000 left to him by Bill to finish Northwestern. That's right. I don't he know if he ever made finished. Did he make North- Northwestern? It's, I don't it's think
1: he did.
3: on on Wikipedia it says okay. in production.
0: Okay, okay, sure. Sure.
1: Maybe Forever.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like <laughs> Megalopolis. Yeah, it'll be his Megalopolis. I you know, it is interesting because I do feel like one of the things that you're also hit with with this film is the kind of amazing amount of debt he's in, right? Like he is
3: brought yeah. oh, up to his eyeballs. Where he's, where he's going through his bills. is yeah. It's brutal. It's really brutal and sobering and kind of terrifying and upsetting. You right. Know? When,
1: when, like, when you're, honest to God, when you're in debt, you know the number... <laughs> almost to the dollar <laughs> i bet like and it is like it's like one of those commercials where the numbers are on top of your head yep, yep, and, yep. yeah and i think i i, I think i'm it,
0: like the 50 grand might have just gone towards paying off his debts is what well, i
1: mean yeah, I, I think it, it does kind That's of a good seem point like, yeah like it, like remarkable recalls he's talking about you know the the 50 he owes to state yeah. tax but no he knows yeah it's because he's well, it's, it's, yeah yeah,
3: the one thing that's sort of the one coda that's obviously not the ellipses at the end of the film, but I think one that we can all kind of take some degree of solace in is that after the movie's success, he didn't continue. He'd made a movie in 2018. It says on Wikipedia. Okay. Um, did not finish Northwestern, but he was he he became a, a, a I guess a celebrity or or a person of interest, and he was cast in movies, multiple films. So, from a financial standpoint and and a creative one, he was given a ton of opportunities and and pl- and rode that wave and and so th- I think there's there's at least some like yes. some retribution like the guy the guy found a path and he found a creative path and a path of where he was appreciated um, and and given given pretty awesome opportunities. That's really rad. <laughs> that's a good no, it is and i a really I great too, result. You know.
0: Because I, I the movie I was thinking about as I was watching this is The Room, which was right. a movie where that is a punchline, right? Like we are, I would argue, we are sure. laughing at those people for There's good or no bad.
1: Question. There's no question. no question. Not me. That movie rocks. <laughs> okay. Well, that's no. I my- I no. I mean, I'm not. I truly am not. But I don't mean to be like I'm the I'm, I'm the greatest. But like, no. no, I think that I think that it's uh, I think it's.
0: I guess what I'm, I'm, cra- getting at, Kenny, I'm is crazy that about that
1: movie because it's a singular. Artistic vision. No, and I get uh, that. Like and, and anything and I've I, ever I, seen before, and
0: I think that's a completely valid take. I guess what I meant is that the this is a documentary about movie making, right? Like this yeah. isn't about the necessarily the finished product. The room is a finished product. That is that is a that is a movie that people go to watch and has cult status. I'm speaking of just the idea that Mark doesn't become a weird sort of um, thing. People like the, the, who's, what's the guy's name who did the room? The creator of the room, the uh,
1: Tommy Weiss- Weiss- so. Tommy Weiss- but I, I, I would argue. Feels I think like a- I, I, I okay. think Mark. I, I think Mark did for a while. I think. Okay. He, I think there was a lot of pointing and laughing. I don't think that the documentary.
3: He was a, he was a curiosity, yes. and I yes. Think, yes. and I think. I don't know that it was pointing and laughing, but it was definitely enjoying the comedy of of a of a man who speaks a certain way, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who who isn't a fool, but like yeah. maybe punches above his weight, like doesn't quite like have what it takes, but maybe he does. I it's he's a f he's an interesting curiosity. And I think it's why we're drawn to movies like this. It's sure. because we we are ultimately fascinated in human beings and they're and and their complexities and kind of what makes them who they are and what makes them funny, but also what drives them. And I think he ca- he and and Mike captured something that we could I think relate to. And he was also just a good hang. Like he, he's a good hang in the movie because you know in the in amongst all of the the the, the genuine like hard work, there's this guy getting kind of wasted and. Yeah. Smoking too much, and like yeah. uh, sneak
1: it down to the basement and, for little bad and, a Labatt, and, and, it and, it and us great.
3: enjoying that hang sure. and I think yeah. I think that's part of it too. I also and think my favorite bits like in the movie is scary. like his own self awareness. Mm-hmm. The guy is actually remarkably intelligent mm-hmm. um and his he constantly is is sort of aware of his own misgivings and trying really hard to 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 change the course of his life be it the you know his use of drugs and alcohol to you know shirking his responsibilities because really he should be focused on work he he almost has a constant dialogue with himself about the person he wants to be and that's incredibly endearing you know
0: sure i think they part of what i think also to what you're speaking of is they seem like real people right there's no hollywood sheen to them right this guy has no filter He's, he seems like a person you would meet on the street. And I think that that in and of itself is endearing. Another thing to speak of sort of Mark's intelligence, he is a smart guy. That being said, he does sometimes extend his vocabulary into directions that do make you question oh, what's going on.
3: Without, oh, without, oh, without question, his use of so language is way beyond his capacity for knowing yeah. where they belong, the words. Like- <laughs> well, he,
0: I, my, one of my favorites is when um, he has to shut down Northwestern because he knows that they're not ready. And he says, aesthetically, I'm not ready. <laughs> which, which by the way, right. he is probably right on that front. But right. I, there's then <laughs> when he says catharsis, and he has to explain what catharsis means to Mike, and Mike's always, like, "Oh yeah, it was totally cathartic." He's the
1: best. I think. I think, I think that was a good uh, explanation. I, I think. He was, I think he was dead odd I was yeah. like, "How is?" Oh no, because that was a great moment where I feel like I feel like Mark's intelligence was proven challenged. Yeah, yeah by by Mike, he wasn't trying to challenge yeah. him, but. You know, I think Mark put himself in a position where he said, "You know what this means," and he would have to define it. I think he defined it perfectly. I think I, I, so, so, to, to the Chris Smith part of it. Chris Smith wrote yes. the director of this this yeah, uh, yeah. movie, who's a very prominent podcast. I mean, a uh, documentarian <laughs> now has a, a movie on Netflix, senior about Robert Downey Sr. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, a, wait. A, that's his movie, yeah, and he's the the, oh, the Firefest yeah. one, and he's he's you know he's a big guy. Um, I think that. I think he's completely non-judgmental in the way he shines the camera on these guys. I agree. And I think what is what I my, my 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 shift watching this where it went from a movie I thought was amusing and I really did think it was an amusing movie before to a movie that I think is inspiring. Yeah. Is I think Mark is uh is more than just um a guy who's read books about how to be a filmmaker sure. i think he's more than just a guy who's watched a lot of movies and has you know george romero in his head and thinks i can do this because he did that because you see so many people who are just play acting their way he is he's what i can't be he's a real director he actually asks for take after take after take he doesn't care about it's You're not right. that he's its not You're that he's right. rude right it's not that he's mean but he he He's the director. He's he he's his only fidelity is to the 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 film. So if he has to make his old you know Uncle Bill do thirty five takes of this line to get it right, he's going to do that. (laughs) Does he have to make the poor the poor gray haired guy go through?
0: But Bill does. But Bill does also pull the plug at a certain point. He's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Well, he got.
1: Yeah. No. No. he, He he does. But like me, I I would be like after take three, I'd be like. All right, I'll just do it. You know, yeah. you know, it's all right, it's okay. Like, and then the way yeah. he gets in and does the acting himself, yeah. where the people oh, can't that, get the motherfucker line it, right,
3: It's the best. It's great, and you want it's, I, it's the, like turned up to thirteen. It's like, oh
1: the, 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 like the best. I mean, I but imagine it. the best part of the movie, and I remember this clearly. It's funny how much of this movie I remember, it. I, I hadn't seen it in about twenty years. The best bit in the whole film, the film, the the bit that is like. It's out of a Hollywood movie. It's so perfect mm-hmm. is when Mike screams That's because awful. when Mike's when Mike screams Ugh. in that moment, you're just like, oh, my God, this guy like <laughs> he, he 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 brings up to the table. Aside from just companionship, yeah. <laughs> like this guy has something in him that that Mark has probably seen for 20 years. Mm-hmm. But, but I love it. On it's Mark's
0: like face it's, after the scream when he's just like that was fucking kick ass like he's so <laughs> proud of his yeah, friend he it. Yeah. and he was just
1: like this is awesome it's I, yeah I know exactly it's like yeah. in a movie when like a character that you don't know can sing goes yes, up and like yes. kicks ass and belts it yeah, his yeah. scream is yeah. gorgeous yeah. after like four other characters do great screams yeah. right like I, these people are pretty good at screaming Mike is just like a, a, a I will a, say
0: though that Mark scream. does stuff though like the movie opens with him <laughs> his crew putting up fucking scarecrows and then tells tells us that it has no reason for being there he just wants to keep the troops motivated so he's just got people building things just to keep them building things i mean i love it because it's but it it is there is just sort of these counterintuitive notions he has that make him really endearing um it's just it's it's kind of a, a slight misunderstanding of what he should be doing
3: it's naive it's, yes yes it's naive and it's it's a little misguided but it, it's that thing of this is what i feel like i'm supposed to be doing as a filmmaker yes. you know and as a as a leader i think in that particular circumstance it's, the movie is you know, also
0: surprising like, too it like withholds information from you for like it's about a half hour before we find out he has a wife and kids
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah,
0: she's, we, yeah i don't think they're married but yes uh sorry and uh, we only and
3: see her a couple of times
0: we see her once from like it's behind the, from far the away and
3: they're having yeah. an argument that's right yep. that's right and it's joan, just is yeah. joan his partner in the film Joan's yes. his girlfriend yes she's kind of incredible she's amazing <laughs> she's amazing she's amazing and like yeah. such a support and you want to know what her story is you yeah know, she's kind of totally
1: that, when, the, when you, when you said that Elijah Early you want to know everyone's story Immediately you, I'm thinking I want to know Joan's story I want to know his parents' story I want to know the last fucking 70 years of Bill's life But yeah My, favorite,
3: a, my favorite Oh yeah totally My yeah. favorite character if, there, if you were to name them characters But my, my favorite person okay. That, yeah. I, that I, I just want to know Is the thespian Yes! I the one who had the scarf I am absolutely <laughs> In love with him <laughs> So they're in. Where are they? They're in Wisconsin. Outside Milwaukee. they're They're outside Milwaukee. This man. It. It is.
2: Hold up.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
3: He is such a fascinating individual. It's that actor that doesn't have anywhere to go with, with, with his instrument, his craft. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably done a ton of regional theater. He came up in high oh, school yes. and college, but then there's no application for it. But he retains the sort of regality of it in this like extremely comedic, can't be real way, but is a hundred percent played straight and it's beautiful. He's like a he's like a fictional character made real yeah. with a, a scarf around his neck and this incredibly quaffed facial hair and and you know best. Dr- he I am in love. I just want to know who he is, where he came from. Yeah. Every moment with him is is total delight. The scene
0: <laughs> This, the, the scene for me with him is when he says that it should be pronounced Coven. Yeah. Not yeah. And he says, no, it's Coven. He's like, well, unless you want to put an umlaut over it. And yes. Mark's like, uh, wait, you mean those two dots? <laughs> it's
1: fucking yes, those two dots. By the way, n- nothing gets by Mark. Okay. No. Dude, throw umlaut at him because those two dots. I love this guy too. I think this guy's amazing. He's like Henry Winkler's character in Barry, who only. I think makes sense to people in LA. The fact that this guy exists in real life in Milwaukee, I'm sure that by the way, I'm sure there are 50 guys like him in Milwaukee and 50 guys like him in, you know, Green Bay and 50 guys like him in, you know, Sheboygan and 50 guys like him in, you know, every one of these cities in the country, there are people who aspired to be, you know, stars or actors or thespians and, and, you know, it's hard to it's hard to so make hard. it work anywhere. So but he is self aware. Yeah. Though
0: there's something about him being like, "I'll take off the scarf." Like yeah. even he knows
1: that the scarf's yeah. a little too much.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a good scarf. I don't know. <laughs> it's a black and white film. I mean, come on, guys. Ugh. I think like it's the scarf sad. would have been fine. It's you know, I it, I do want to just for a quick second. Um, yeah. I, I I want to just
0: highlight the 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 kids reveal that he has kids about a half hour into the film, because I remember the first time I saw the movie and that kind of shoe drops. I remember thinking, this guy's got kids. Like it spends a half an hour sort of, you know, kind of revealing for you a a little bit of an arrested development that he seems like, you know, he's still living with his parents that you, you still get the sense of him trying to sort of attain this goal of filmmaking. And then to have this moment where you're like three kids, yeah. He's a father. It's and it's just it is just really interesting. It's just an additional layer to him that I think is fascinating.
3: It is and it's also just it's hard to conceive of that because he he clearly lives a life without the responsibility of being yes. a father. Yes. Um and being a father myself, I can't imagine that. Sure. I can't imagine sort of you know living at my parents and just sort of doing only engaging in my own personal pursuits and just shirking my responsibilities yeah. and not just responsibilities, but relationship to your children. Like yeah. yes, that is outside of my, the realm of my comprehension. So yeah, it's We're a,
0: taking your children to apocalypse now when they're
1: probably six or seven years yeah, old. I okay. would we'll do something like that. Whatever. <laughs> uh,
3: I, I
0: wanted to say one other thing, because he, there are technical moments that I feel like people who, who, you know, work in film. There is a humor to him saying stuff like, "We've got every f-stop known to man in this yes. film," <laughs> or "It's eleven thirty a.m. We have until six p.m. We have fifty-two shots." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's stuff like that that just blows your mind. Well, what's great about it is, I mean, I don't know how Mark would talk to a layman. But he's talking to a filmmaker. I know. He's talking yeah. to a guy that's, that has a camera in his face. Correct. Correct. So he's talking to, he's talking at the, he's always at the height of his intelligence, totally. which is another great part of this film. Mm-hmm. You know, he never dumbs it down for anybody Ever. at any time. And it's great. And I don't think it that's, it may be a function of his personality, but like it's indisputable that he also knows he's on camera, you know? And oh, for sure. I, I I, right. I, I think that's interesting.
3: That is interesting. I mean, obviously that's always the extra added element to any documentary, right? So mm-hmm. there's, an, there's an awareness of the camera and of the the fact that you're being followed. So there's always an element of of just how you are in front of them. It's slightly yeah, sure. different, but you would hope that there's some degree.
0: Got a camera of on me right now. You know. I'm nothing like this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, so Elijah, in terms of you know, the horror component of this, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the sort of bearing walls for Mark is his love of horror films. Um, And he has, (laughs) there's that moment with the younger brother, who's like, I always thought he was going to turn to a serial killer and might kill me, which is a whole, that brother has like some serious issues with Mark. Like it's clear that they're just on the, on the up and up.
3: All three of them couldn't be more different. That's the thing about the film that I'm like, the the older brother looks like he's a like a from another family. They, yes. they all three look like they're from different yeah. families, and then personality wise, yeah. and just vibe and way of speaking are absolute, absolutely their own and totally different. It's it's I've never seen three brothers that are more different than the three of them.
1: You know yeah. what uh, I love about the younger one or the guy presumed to be the younger one with, the, uh, yeah, like, yeah, okay. The not Hooters wearing t-shirt guy. That's right. Way. That's yep, right. Yeah. Who's, who's perfectly costume designer did a great job with him, <laughs> but it's really the prop master who nailed it with the younger brother because giving him the chop 60 with in 1995 was such an affectation. I'm joking about prop master, I'm, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm, but I'm saying, but what I'm saying is like, yeah, you couldn't in 1995. If you gave someone chopsticks tea with on a show or a movie or a sitcom, you were saying something. You were you were saying You're everything saying you way. want to say about the character. This You're is the so this right. is especially the most in, out, of out of touch. Milwaukee. Oh, this yeah. guy is the most out of touch human being in the entire universe, and the fact that he does that by choice on his own. Elijah, are you afraid that I really oh, thought there was a prop master?
0: <laughs> I mean, it is it is a fascinating family too because like the 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 mother and yeah, father the, seem a strange. the hooters
3: the hooters brother they are they're they not family? living they're not living together anymore they're not
1: they?
0: living together but the father seems to be around a lot The hang
3: out
1: yeah. yeah most i think the father mostly hangs out to tell mark not to curse so much yes he, he only shows up to, to, to be like hey language."
0: Yeah, it, the father has sort of a not a particularly positive view of Mark's career. Um, it is interesting that that Bill's relationship, I would say, with Mark is one of the more interesting ones because it does seem like Bill, who obviously has some sort of dementia and is near the end of his life, sees something in Mark and and wants to support Mark's endeavor. Um, which is interesting because the father's like, yeah, Bill holds on to his money real tight, but for some reason, Mark's able to get shit out of him. There is something about that that I think is um, really endearing. And I imagine for Bill being near the end of his life and seeing the possibilities of the life that Mark could live, Mm. I do think that's compelling. and, And I think he also, I mean, there's a whole sequence where Mark is bathing Bill and he's doing his laundry. Um, he's getting him a little drunk on on peppermint schnapps. It's, in, it's incredibly tender, actually. <laughs> it's very tender. That, and I yeah, think Bill yeah. recognizes that.
1: I think Bill sees that. I think you're well, right. It's hard, hard to say what Bill... I mean, I'm not trying to say... It's hard to say what Bill... I mean, there's, there there are two readings feels, of this. Feels more Bill is, is present. I
3: mean, there,
1: I don't I know. think he's present dementia. mentally. I, I do.
3: Yeah, I do think so as well. I think he's he
1: just, is. He's just exhausted. And, I think he's frail, yeah. and yeah. I think he uh, – yeah. I don't think he has body. a ton of – Right. So I think the, 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 the scene we're talking about when – I mean, if, if you haven't seen this movie, it's hard to believe that, you know, Mark Borchardt gives his – Uncle, his, his very old uncle, a bath in this film. Mm -hmm. And up until that scene there, I do get the sense a little bit that Mark is taking advantage of an old man, an old lonely man. True. And not giving him much in return, feeding him a bunch of bullshit. Like, you're going to be, you know, you're living at your dreams. You're going to be the executive producer. Look at this person starring in your movie. It seems like. Mark is, oh, right. is, is, is playing the huckster playbook on a guy who doesn't, who doesn't need the huckster, huckster playbook thrown at him. Frankly, he, Bill could care less, but then when he gives him a bath and does his clothes and takes the time, cause he really, you know, he really does clearly love and care about Bill. He calls him Willie. He calls him William. He really does have a lot of affection for him. That's when that kind of Mark thing changed for me. You know where where the the thing that's the thing that's under all of this, you know, mulleted Adam Driver look he's got going on <laughs> is um, he does have an Adam Driver it's, vibe. It's, wow, yeah is is a, is a sweet man, and that's ultimately yeah. what. And you see with his kids too. He yeah. he cuddles with his kids. You see it with Joan when they're yeah. kind of close yeah. together on the on the couch, like he, like his relationship with Mike. Yeah, his relationship with Ken, who sounds like he's been nothing but you know a a, a problem for him, he's a kind of a sweet, loyal man yeah. who yes. is in a tough life position.
3: Yeah, yeah, he
0: he does seem like a good guy.
3: You you can be both a good guy and also take advantage of people for your own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, okay. and it's not that he's taking advantage yeah. in a in a gross way, but you know, he's 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 so myopically focused on the one thing that he, and he needs everybody's help to do it. But I think those two things aren't mutually exclusive. I think you can be a your sweet, kind person and also try and get money out of your uncle. You know, it's like, I sure yeah, hope I, so. Um, you know, and the, 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 the horror, the horror aspect. I mean, it's, it's a lovely thing. You know, a, a lot of the great filmmakers, as you know, got their start in, in horror. It's, it's largely because, you don't need a great deal of production value. You can, you can make something scary and effective for, for nothing. And it's why, you know, Sam Raimi and, and Romero and all of these greats started with horror films because of limited resources, limited money, and they could pull their friends together. I mean, Peter Jackson's bad taste is a really good example of this. Peter Jackson's bad taste is. Yes, it is making movies on weekends. That taste is it's dead bad. alive, right? No, that's um, uh, uh, brain dead. You're thinking of brain dead? Oh, okay. Yes,
0: okay. There's like Meet the Feebles. There's um, bad I've taste is the one taste. with
3: the alien on the cover flipping off. Yeah, yeah. The, okay, all right. The but 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 <laughs> bad taste. You know that was literally made over the course of four years. So like sure. Coven or Coven he was also making that over a long period of time. And then obviously he was shooting intermittently bits of Northwestern as well over time with his friends. And it's the same, it's the same kind of pursuit. It's like, you know, a bunch of people rallying around a certain idea and then like with available resources when they can, they make it. And there's something extremely endearing about that. And, you know, the horror of it all is just simply because, you can get eyes on it, you know. It, it, it's harder to make your first movie like a two-handed drama, um, you know, set in a laundromat. Like it's it's way easier to get eyes on your thing if it's got exploitable elements that are that it's it kind of exciting. And from a filmmaking standpoint, clearly he's drawing on his influences because the shots are there. Like yeah, he knows man. what he's doing, which is really impressive. I, you know, there are many times in the film. Because oftentimes, you know, documentaries about someone's pursuit of their goal, unless it's something about, like, Motown, tends to be that they don't necessarily achieve the thing and they weren't necessarily that good. But he was. Like, he actually, there there are surprising moments in the film where he he really exhibits that he knows what he's doing to the point where you're interested in seeing the film, you know? Yeah, Um, I do. Um, I,
0: I, I, I. First of all, it pains me to say that we do have to wrap up a little bit, but I do want to just say, um, yeah. while I have you, uh, I want to talk about Mike for a quick second, who unfortunately passed away in October um, from from cancer. Um, and I, I want to talk about him because I, there's that amazing scene where he talks about overdosing. He's uh, he's in the editing room with with Mark, and he's trying yeah. to quote unquote keep Mark awake with fun stories about his overdose, <laughs> <laughs> and he's telling this 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 story about how close he came to death, and he's very sort of like, I think he's playful about it because he knows he's over it, right? Like he's he's been a year and a half sober. He seems like he's got his shit together, um, and and he just seemed like such a lovely, lovely person, and. You know, I it, obviously it's incredibly sad that he's not with us anymore. But you know, it's just great to see that you know he was able to, to 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 beat his demons and he was able to get to the other side of that thing. And I think that's a really lovely part of this movie.
3: It is, and he, you know he he became kind of an iconic best friend after the release of the film. Yeah. Um, he really is a highlight of the movie for so many people. There there is something so incredibly endearing about him. Very funny in his sort of monosyllabic, like, the way he talks. Um, He's very deadpan. (laughs) That does not emote much. Um, But yet, what comes out of his mouth is is often hilarious. Um, And the camera just
0: hangs on him long, too, where, like, he'll laugh.
3: (laughs) Oh, God, Yeah. 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 What I love, too, and I think it hit me more upon viewing it in preparation to talk to you guys than it had the first time around, was... He scores most of the movie, and it's beautiful. It's good. He, he yeah. plays classical guitar, and it's gorgeous. Yeah. And his original yeah. songs are stunning. Totally. totally. And so there's there is this yeah. inner life to him that is Fantastic. expressed in in the music that he plays, and in these quiet moments, and in that story where you're like, yeah. and he says that thing of like, well, I've got so many other incredible drug stories. We could, you know, <laughs> um, that, that that there is this lived. I think what's so fascinating about him is that there is this extraordinary life lived and also interior life that he's experiencing, but in a facade that doesn't let you into that necessarily, or or you know, most people can wear sort of some of their life on their face or or in their in the way that they emote. And he so doesn't give you that. That I think it makes him more fascinating. So like, what like the, the fuck with- is going on in that head? Yeah. Um but so tender too, and so unbelievably loyal. And I think all of us who saw that movie wanted Mike to be our friend. You know, yeah. it's it's why people called him endlessly when this number was left at the end credits because everyone wanted to talk to Mike. And there's he there's there's a moment
0: early in the film when uh, when Mark turns to him and says, "Can you make every, make sure everyone has brown gloves?"
1: And he just goes, "Hey, does everyone have brown gloves?" <laughs> best but the i i think i mean it's almost a great moment There, i mean two mike things i mean one is i'd love the only time he gets kind of defensive is when mike accuses him of stealing the song and he's like i stole one word insane insane uh and he defends himself i was proud of him there yes Yes. and then the other one there's like a there's like a christopher guest level joke with the rut with a runner of he's playing the lottery every day and then he walks in and he clearly something has happened he's not telling anybody and he goes to the basement just to tell the camera that he's excited because he won 50 dollars in the scratch off today but he knows those guys will take his money it's it's a christopher guest kind of cut it totally
0: it's incredible Mm -hmm. well because it's it, it it sort of harkens back to what i was saying earlier where he comes in and he's all smiles and mark's like you look like the happiest guy in the world. Like, what do you know that we don't know? And he's just what smiling. You know yeah. And he gives this, like, this there's this odd kind of laughter that it seems like everyone has in this movie, which is like this childlike giggle that everyone seems to have. And he kind of <laughs> yeah. gives this moment. And then, yeah. to your point, Kenny, it cuts downstairs and he's in the basement. He's like talking in hushed tones about the $50. <laughs> It's great.
3: I also great. don't know if this movie could be made now in the same way. I think I our think world is different. I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't that level wrong. of comfortability that they all had with Chris and the crew yeah. to be able to have, to capture a moment like that, where Mike would break and come down and have a private. I don't know. It's just, we live in a, in a world that ha- is now, you know, there are so many distribution channels for, content there are people making things on youtube the notion of being filmed has different connotations now um which isn't to say that you can't achieve a level of intimacy with a documentary you absolutely can but i think this kind of thing is specific to someone who wants to be a filmmaker i just feel like i don't know there there would be their their eyes might be on a different prize um and and a a level of awareness culturally or externally after the film or focus on that potentially that could ruin and tarnish the sort of innocence the 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 real kind of vulnerable innocence that's captured in the film which it feels like i
0: I fully agree with you i think about how easy it is to film people now to film yourself now how easy it is to post it everywhere i think that that has, to your point, kind of evaporated the specialness of what was captured in this film. So I do think that today, I think they'd be too aware of what could be, like what what sort of money could be made off of this. And the, the endeavor of it, I think, would be completely tarnished.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. And you've got to, t- they don't have, if there is a cell phone in the movie, it's like real rudimentary old yes. cell phone. Like Correct. no one's on social media, no one's on computers except to write. It's just... It, it, ev- it also, it does a thing where it evokes a time that we don't have anymore. And there's something really beautiful about seeing that, that these people working in that field at that time is really specific.
0: Well I mean the only media and I put that in uh, is is he's interviewed by some tiny little paper at one point by a very yeah. nervous reporter who seems <laughs> very uncomfortable with the situation um and and Mark doesn't really answer the question that he asks him so it's it's I mean it is it's pretty amazing but um so Elijah at the end of our episodes we rank the films from 0 to 99 0 being the lowest 99 being the highest obviously we all think very highly of this film um so Kenny and I will go first i mean When I saw this film in ninety-nine, I probably would have given it a ninety-five, and I think it's still a ninety-five. I think it's I think it's my perspective has changed because professionally I'm I'm, you know, more, you know, plugged into the industry. So I think that it's it it does have a a more bittersweet quality to it than it had when I was nineteen and I saw it and I was, you know, aspiring to be in this in this industry. Um, but I I still think it's I think it's an absolute masterpiece. What about you, Kenny?
1: Yeah, I think You know, as I kind of alluded to or maybe even said explicitly uh, when I first saw it, uh, I don't think I viewed it the right way. I think I, and and I I don't think that um, frankly, I don't think that uh, I, I, I think, you know, I think in general, I'm a good fan and I think I was a bad fan of this movie. and now i think i'm a good fan of this movie (laughs) so before i gave it I would have given it a a 90 for you know probably the wrong reasons now i'm gonna give it a 97 for the right reasons uh i do i think it's a complete uh masterpiece a a essential piece of american cinema how about you like
0: essential
3: piece of 99 yeah i'll go with i'll go with 97 as well i i think it's totally essential i think it is a masterpiece i think like we were just saying, I think it also evokes a time that, you know, we, we don't have anymore. It, it really is before the world changed. Mm-hmm. And you could have this, this degree of innocence surrounding a pursuit like this, um, without the sort of implications of everything that kind of comes later. Uh, it's a great American movie. It's a great movie about filmmaking. Uh, it's also just a great sort of peer into a family and a group of people trying to do something, and and yeah. with with some degree of success and probably mostly failure. And it's it's you know it's beautiful. It's really, it's, it's funny, really awesome, really emotional, and yeah, beautiful.
0: Well, I mean, Elijah, I can't thank you enough from taking taking time out of your very busy schedule to do this. Um, can't wait to see what you get up to in uh, in season two <laughs> of Jack. it's Very yeah. excited to see
3: that. Me too. Um,
0: and, and high just bar. Really,
1: Actors on that show, pretty good. Holy <laughs> shit, man! What an incredible cast. I am, I am so
3: yeah. fortunate. Yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's, it is truly, truly amazing. But honestly, thank you so, so much. This was an absolute gift. Yes, thank, thank you, you so, so, much. so much. Thank you. Really guys. appreciate. That was it Awesome. Right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Right, take care. Bye.